Hey everybody, this is Jason with Cornerstone Dog Training, cornerstonepuppy.com. Welcome back. Thank you so much for coming and listening and hopefully we're giving you information that's helpful and meaningful and helping you solve the problems that you're having with your puppy or your dog. Uh, a lot of people, especially in this day and age right now where more people are home, are having issues with kennel training. In fact, it's... Uh, it's the, the questions and problems we've had with kennel training have grown exponentially. And so I wanted to talk to you about kennel training. Um, so if you're having issues with that, this is the art of kennel training right here. And there's definitely uh, a monotony to it, but it's also uh, you, you just check all the right boxes and in 99% of the cases, you're going to be good. So I, this is going to be a little exhaustive, but I hope if you're having an issue, this will help you with that. So we uh we board puppies all the time and dogs all the time we board and train them we don't just plain board them we board and train because we can't help but train when they're here so we don't do any just plain boarding service unless they've already been trained but uh we <laughs> we have this puppy that came to us uh just this week and I'll probably chronicle several things from this so that I can kind of do a situation where we're growing with a puppy but this puppy is 12 weeks old and it's kind of a crazy situation so the owner is high risk for coronavirus and um, so they were supposed to get this puppy about four weeks ago but because of that they uh, <laughs> they haven't and so the the breeder kept this puppy for an extra four weeks this puppy is now 12 weeks old and the owner asked us to take this puppy and we will we'll have this puppy for probably about 90 days because we're going to go all the way through advanced training and uh there's definitely some foundational things that need to happen first and so we'll have this puppy for a long long time she's super cute but she also didn't do too much kennel training uh the owners uh the uh, the breeders tried to do some um and this is just a, a breeder here in Kaysville, but or in Farmington, but they uh, they did a little bit, and what was good that what they did was awesome. They they definitely didn't have a responsibility to try and make that work, but uh, they were really kind and and asked about some stuff, and we started giving them some pointers about what they could do. However, this puppy really hadn't had too much kennel time, and the breeder said she does kind of like to whine. Um, she we found out that she also does like a trumpet howl usually in the middle of the night because we've just finished uh day one and two with her i want to tell you about day one so i was thinking that maybe this would be valuable to you to to know like okay the very first day i get a puppy what do i do with this puppy so that we start off right and i'm talking in the first hours right of having this puppy so this is exactly what we did with her now she came when she came i held her for quite a bit of time i held her um upright i held her like a baby on her on her back a little bit and the breeder had been working with that so that's always good to see you can always tell a lot about a uh, a breeder just by trying to hold the dog upside down like on their back like a baby you know and uh because if they've practiced that or not you know it's just good to know not every dog's going to be good at it and that's okay that's it's just it's good to know if they've had practice this particular puppy's a little nervous a little shy pup um a little incompetent right now but that that's you know not abnormal for a puppy um she's big she's going to be a big dog 
she's just 12 weeks old and she's, I don't know how much she weighs, but she's pretty big. Um, she, she wasn't very hungry. So I would hold this, that dog and I'd try and offer a little bit of kibble and yet not super hungry, more nervous than anything. And when a dog is nervous, they rarely care about eating. Food just does not, it loses its value when a dog is nervous or scared. Um, so this dog wasn't that very food motivated. In fact, it had been fed that morning, probably plenty. And, uh, this puppy wasn't very motivated. It always helps if they are, but you can still move forward if they're not. I mean, you've got to, right? They're your dog now. And so this dog comes to us. And the very first thing after doing that, I would do is I would do some leash time. So I slip on a slip lead and walk around and practice a come command. Um, of course, with food, if possible. But again, this dog wasn't very excited. So just a little tug on the leash, backing up, facing the dog and saying, oh, come and talking high and fun and helping this dog, helping this dog learn to come to me and just be like, oh, this guy's interesting. I want to want to be around him. Um, So we're raising the adrenaline a little bit and getting him excited. Uh, Then I'm going to do some standing. So first holding, second, a little bit of leash work where we're doing a little bit of a come command. And then I'm just going to kind of stand and I stood and I talked to some other trainers and they had dogs as well that they were working with. But um, basically what I'm doing is I'm helping this puppy to learn a leash boundary. So if they're going to go to the end of the leash, I'm not going to let them pull on it. I'm going to step in the opposite direction and kind of flick the leash just a little bit so that the puppy learns, oh, this is about as far away that I can walk. This is it. And after a while of doing that, the puppy will usually just lay down or sit there um, and just get comfortable. And we just stand and talk and practice just having good manners that way. Then we get to the big thing. Then we get to the kennel. All right. So that was all prep. We're outside. We're doing stuff. We're trying to go potty. You know, we're trying to go to a potty spot and go to the bathroom, see if the puppy will go. Um Sometimes they will. Sometimes they're just not very interested in that right now because they're too nervous about other things. Um, But hopefully, (laughs) we're trying to get there. It makes your kennel training a lot better if you know your puppy doesn't need to go to the bathroom. So if they're willing to pee or to poop, um, that helps out a ton because you're like, okay, we don't have to worry that they're whining because all of a sudden they're like, oh, I need to go. That helps a lot. This dog didn't go too much, so we're just going to kind of work through it. With her, we start the kennel, and she really was kind of aversive to the kennel. She didn't want to go in, and so we worked through that, and that's going to mostly be me um, kind of saying kennel and throwing some food in. If she goes in, great. I'm going to kind of use the door to get her all the way in because most puppies will reach about as far as they can but keep their back feet out just to be safe. And we're going to teach them that to come out, you've got to go in first. Now, that might sound backwards, but... When you're doing kennel training, to in order to come out, you must first go in. <laughs> that sounds, we could like, that could be like a Chinese proverb or something. In order to go on your journey, you must first leave your home or something. I don't know. That was totally backwards, but <laughs> I'm just making this up as I go. So anyway, in order to come out, you must first go in. That's, that's kind of the key with the kennel. And, uh, pretty new to it so we're doing what we can i don't like to push them in because that's going to actually backfire and they're going to want to come out more so i'm going to try and use the leash and still it's kind of a struggle 
and I'm reaching my arm in and I'm saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of flicking the leash the best I can, not letting the dog retreat too much. Basically, I want the leash to be loose, but then when the dog goes to back up, I flick my wrist and tighten it inside the kennel. I guess might be good to watch um, on some videos or something like that on our puppy training program. It's sometimes easier to see, but we're going to help that puppy get in. And after five or six times, the puppy's just going to be like, there's no way for me to back out of this. I have to go in in order to get out. That's kind of our firm line. And so we build that and we can throw food in there. Again, that food sat in there for half of this time because the puppy was too nervous about it in order to say, oh, I'm hungry. I'll eat that food. It just laid in the bottom of the kennel. And again, you might say, well, that puppy's nervous. We shouldn't force it. You know, one of the reasons dogs are nervous is because they don't understand the boundaries. They're like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Imagine yourself like playing a game like soccer or something like that for the first time. And you're sitting there on the sideline and the coach is like, hey, let's let's get you in. And you're like, uh, no, coach, um, I'm OK. I'll just watch. You're never, ever going to learn to play the game that way. And so there's a balance there. Definitely. There's an art to it. But we, we want to be able to say, hey, you know, you got to do it. You know, no problem. And they might, your dog might be saying, oh, this is scary. This is scary, but we're going to help him get there. This is one of those things where you just really need it in order to move forward with a lot of things in life. Could you never kennel train your puppy? Sure, that that could happen. We get a lot of dogs here that come to us, though, that have severe issues because they and separation anxiety because they cannot, cannot go in a kennel. Okay, because the kennel becomes this big boogeyman. Whereas if we start this way, you would think it might make it make the puppy nervous about it. It doesn't work that way. Okay, puppies are fine. They're, they bounce back. And so they're awesome. They're like little kids that way. Um, as a parent, any parent understands that you're going to mess up. But the good news is kids are pretty resilient. So are puppies. So we're going in and out several times. And then we're going to add the kennel door to it. Okay, so now puppies going in and out. Puppies going in and out. We're doing lots. If they'll do food with it, we will. Every time in, every time out. We're going to do food with it. I'm going to use the gate to kind of slow this puppy down. So it's not just hop in, hop out. But I'm going to use the gate and then open the gate and say, okay, and let the puppy come out. As the puppy comes out over and over again, I'm going to start to add some time to how long the gate is, the gate is closed on the crate. Okay, so I'm going to close it. And when I go to open it, if the puppy's head goes down and they start to walk out, kennel closed. My goal isn't to like nail them in the face really hard. My goal is just to have something come toward them. And often when something comes toward a dog, they will go the opposite way. There's a little hint for you. If you're ever trying to chase a dog and catch it, you're much more likely to get the dog if you just get down low on your haunches and kind of or back up. Like that's way more likely than if you're trying to chase a dog. Dogs will run the opposite direction when you're trying to chase them. It becomes a game. So same thing with the kennel. The gate's closing uh, every time they're moving forward. This puppy is a fast learner. So she learned pretty fast that hmm, if I just sit here, then the gate's more likely to open. Okay. So in order for the gate to open, you must stay back away from it. Okay. We're getting all sorts of Chinese proverbs here. For the gate to open, you must wait in patience or something like that. Okay, so the gate is uh, it, it only opens when the dog is holding still and not whining. No whining, okay? So if I then 
I work on this and I give food and create door and things like that. And we're saying, okay, and the dog's coming out and we're getting better and better and better at it. Then we're going to go longer with the crate door closed. We're going to stand up. Okay, so close the door, sit there for a while, open it. Close the door, sit there for a while, stand up, go back down, open it. And this is such an exhaustive process. You'll get exercise through the whole thing as well. But then I'm going to stand, I'm going to do the same thing again. I'm going to close the door, sit there for a while, stand up. Then I'm going to take a step back. Then I'm going to take a step forward. And then I'm going to get down and reach for the kennel again. By the way, when I reach for the kennel, if the dog's nose goes toward the, the door of the kennel, pull your hand away fast. The dog's like, wow, I've got to really hold still. We're teaching impulse control here. We're teaching a dog that in order to get what you want, you need to hold still. Okay, you need to control that adrenaline rush. It's not just, I'm coming toward the door so the dog's toggles flapping everywhere and they're like, rah, and they're pawing at the kennel and they're all excited. That's kind of fun. At least we often think so, or people often think so. I want a dog to be able to be calm coming out of the kennel. And I think that's a far better lesson to learn than just go, 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 go. As that puppy comes out, we it's easy to get a dog going. I mean, once we get a dog out and we want to play, it's easy. You just go, and it's easy. But there's some things I want to learn some impulse control on like that. So again, you kind of get the idea of the process. Um, and this probably seems like a lot. And this this took us a good two hours, by the way. This whole amount of time took a good two hours. And two, maybe three hours is what I would suggest when you're, pup, you're picking up your puppy to say, we're going to go work on this at home. We're going to spend some time together. And uh, that's a long, long time, but it's going to pay off big in the future. So you're kind of getting the idea. And start stepping back a few steps now and then returning to the kennel, opening the door, okay, and release. Now, if there's any whining... If the puppy's whining to get out, every time there's a whine, it's a step back. And sometimes a jump back to make it more obvious. So that, and, and then I'm always trying to move forward. So it's kind of like you're on an, uh, well, a moving sidewalk, not an escalator. Moving sidewalk, and you're wanting to go towards your destination. So if there's no whining, move forward. Like, don't hold still yet. Just move forward. And as I move forward... If there's a whine, boom, hop back the other direction. And if it, there's more whining, boom, hop back the other direction. And so you're kind of playing this game where you got to stay on your toes too, where you're trying to help your puppy realize that the only way that person walks toward me is if I'm calm. Okay, no whining. So one must not whine if one wants to get what one wants. There you go. I'm throwing out Proverbs. This has got to be like a book someday. Um, let's see. Da, 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 what else? So... If their whining is horrible, okay, after a while, I'm going to get so far away. For us, the whining was pretty bad. And so what I did is I, I the door, there were some steps there. I went up the steps, the top steps, kennel, you could still see the kennel from there and the dog could still see me. But after a while, I would just sit down on the steps and the dog is whining. And we found out this dog has like a, a what a trumpet howl of some kind and also found out that it usually happens in the middle of the night. But um, those are times where we definitely aren't going to give the puppy what the puppy wants, right? We're going to just, we can kind of, there's, there's two options. We can kind of wait it out. And so I'm always going to try first with a brand new puppy. Um, I'm going to try first doing a little bit of waiting it out. Now my kids are all around during this whole thing. Teach your kids not to go up to the kennel, not to pay any attention. So I had kids in the room. They were reading books and things like that. That's fine. OK, 
okay? And it's just, we're not feeling bad for the puppy. It's not really a bad thing. We're just saying, hey, but you can figure this out. You got this. We're just trying to help them get more prepared to be able to live in our family situation. So what, we, what we're doing is we're sitting down and then that puppy's whining and we start a timer. And the first time this puppy whined straight for about seven minutes, okay? And that was just, you know, trying to get something to work. Now, if you've messed up in this in the past, it could be longer because dogs do what works. And sometimes they learn that, man, if I just howl for a half hour, then they'll come let me out. If I just howl for 45 minutes, then they'll come let me out. I've had people, their dog, their puppy, will howl for three hours straight. Okay? Now, I'm not leaving the room in this case. I'm standing, I'm sitting right there. So this puppy's like, come on, come on, come on. And I'm totally ignoring it. Sometimes even turning my back to the puppy. I turn on Netflix. (laughs) I turn on Disney Plus. And I sit there and I wait. And when there's a a touch of silence where it's like a little bit of quiet where the dog's like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Then I stand up and I start walking toward the kennel. If the whine happens again, jump away. Start over. (laughs) Right. Um, And we're just waiting for that quiet time. And we get it and we start walking toward the kennel and home run when you can get all the way to the kennel without a, a puppy whine like they're holding it in. And then we can open the kennel. Okay, let them out. You know, you can even try and go to the bathroom at this point if you want and then bring them back in and do the same thing again. And then here's the key. This is the big, big key. Um, The big key is that you're going to start counting the seconds of silence for longer duration. So I told you about seven minutes this puppy whined the first time. The next time was five minutes. Okay, the next time we did it, the next time after that was four. And then the next time after that was about two and a half. And then the next time after that, about a minute. And so you can see you're making progress, which is really, really nice. Because otherwise you're just like, oh, this puppy's not getting it. It's really important you do that. Again, it, it could be that you're like, oh, that was three hours. I had to watch two movies with a dog howling in the background. Then it quieted down and we were able to walk to the kennel. Okay, this is exhausting. Now, this is barring, of course, that you know your dog doesn't need anything. That's why you're, you're hoping they'll potty before and things like that. You've tried to give them food. That's awesome. They've had plenty of water. Great. Good. I hope it doesn't take you three hours. Okay, seven minutes was far more tolerable. <laughs> I hope it's just like that. And so the next step of this is to start to add seconds of silence. So the first time, after seven minutes, they're silent for just a second, and I'm starting to get up. Okay, then I'm going to make it another second, I'm going to get up, then another second, I'm going to get up. So I'm going to do probably one second, at least three times, three reps. Can you see how many reps we've already done? We've probably done a gazillion reps by now. You're like, this is so boring. It's getting so long. Oh, but man, the monotony pays off here. Then maybe on the fourth or fifth one, I'm going to do two seconds. I'm going to go in my head. It's quiet. One, two, I'm going to stand up and walk toward the kennel. And hopefully it's quiet the whole way there, right? We've done our work. Then I'm going to, it's going to be, next time around, it's going to be silent. I'm going to go one, two, three, come on, four, five. Yes, get up and start walking 
to the kennel. I'm way stoked. I'm way excited. And the puppy's getting it. And then 10 seconds. And then 20. And then 40. And then a minute. And then two minutes. And then five minutes. And you're like, oh, baby, this is so awesome. And this is taking so much time. But step by step, this puppy's working this out and learning to be quiet in the kennel. Okay. Now, as you get kind of to that point, you're kind of, it goes up exponentially. It's pretty awesome. You can add in and sprinkle some things in, like you can walk outside and then come back in right away. Um, Right here, maybe you do this on the second day or something, but a baby monitor helps here. So that baby monitors are real time. You can use your phone or FaceTime or something. They're not quite real time, so it's a little off, but that way you can um, use your phone or a baby monitor and you can hear. And if there's whining, Man, we're not opening that door. But the second there's silence, you're going back in. Excuse me. And you'd go through the whole process again. You'd go, you know, one second, two seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds, 20, and so on. Um, Same deal as before. Um, At this point, uh, you're going back and forth and you're getting like 20, you know, maybe 20 minutes of silence. And you're like, this is glorious. I'm winning this war, right? Battles have been fought and the war is being won. And I've watched a whole movie at this point, right? Like the time is really adding up. Um, But you're getting to a point where your puppy is just going to learn because with the silence comes stillness. And usually at this point, the puppy will actually lay down. And sometimes they're just so tired, they'll just go to sleep. And you're like, I am victorious. (laughs) This is awesome. You're probably tired too. It's a good time to take a break. And you probably come back in one or two hours and let the puppy out and and go again. So the first day is really important. And the first day is very time intensive. It's labor intensive. There's a lot to work on, a lot to do. And yet it's worth every last minute of it. So that's how we worked the first day. Now, we that was about midday and by the time we were finished with that we took some breaks and we let the puppy out and we went for a little walk you know not expecting too much from the puppy just working on kind of having a loose leash like hey you can't just bolt everywhere and you can't just stop and not come we're we're working with you you got to come with us we're walking we're going somewhere but nothing too too big with potty time sprinkled in between and food training with sits and downs and and uh eye contact all of those things are things we started on the first day. Um, and I'll give you an update on the second and third day, probably in the next podcast, but or some other time we'll we'll just talk about those next steps. But the kennel is is my first step. Kennel training and potty training. Because if I can take care of those, a lot of frustration goes away. A lot of frustration. Now one of the big frustrations with kennel training, I forgot to mention this, is if your dog starts barking. Now, a whine is one thing. A whine I can kind of choose to wait on. I told you there were two options. Um, if the whining is amping up and getting toward a bark, I want to stop that direction of stress. And so this is where I might use a correction. Now, how do you correct a puppy in a kennel? It's kind of an art as well. I use the leash. Okay, I just I have the leash all rolled up. And um, if the puppy gets to a level where I'm like, ooh, you crossed a line of, of adrenaline, of stress, and we're not going to go this way, and it's getting more and more irrational, then a puppy crossed that line like with a bark. That's usually when I'll do it. But the bark comes, and I'll say no, and wherever I am, because I'm only like 20 feet away, I will throw that leash right at the gate of the kennel. And 
word no or uh and throw that kennel. I like to just use a sound most of the time, but you can say no and then throw that leash and it hits the kennel and the puppy goes, whoa, that was freaky. Something came flying at my face. Dogs do what works, okay? I say that over and over again, but it's really true. They're they're pretty amazing that way. So we want to make sure what we don't want them to do does not work. And again, something coming at a dog's face is not usually very pleasurable to a dog. And so this was a 12-week-old puppy. She's still young, okay? So we're going to let her get away with a little more. I'm going to let her whine maybe a little longer before I really correct it. Um, and even some barks, okay? Um, in the middle of the night, that first night, uh, about 3 a.m., she started howling, kind of trumpet howl. You know, she's going, and I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And I, I'm waiting for a break in that. And hopefully you don't, you know, you have your dog in a spot where your neighbors can't hear too much um, as far as the sound and you're waking them up too. But I'm waiting for a break in that and then I'm walking toward that kennel. And if that dog starts whining, I'll jump back. I'm trying not to take as much. I'm giving more leeway in the middle of the night because odds are the dog needs to go to the bathroom, right? So I'm not making him do too much. Um, whenever I'm going outside on day one, I started to do a wait command and this puppy's really good at, they already taught this puppy sit very well. And so this puppy would sit and we would take him out. And, uh, again, in the middle of the night, I might not worry about that so much. I'm just going to throw a slip lead on and, and go for it. Um, but come to find out she's fine. She'd get out on the grass and she'd just lay there. I don't know. She might be a little too warm. She may be a warm body dog, but, um, Anyway, that's my first day. That was an exhaustive <laughs> explanation of that. Again, if you're having kennel problems, I can I hope that's valuable of you're just step by step trying to help this dog understand that in order to get something, this other thing must happen. And if they're trying something that we don't want them to do to get that thing, then perhaps a correction is warranted or at least um ignoring. But if ignoring is not working, uh because it doesn't sometimes, don't be afraid to use a correction like throwing a leash or something like that at the kennel, uh, something that's going to give a decent thud without breaking it. Um, and will never hurt the dog. I mean, it's never going to physically hurt the dog. People might talk about, oh, you're going to emotionally scar that. No, you won't. Like it, I tell my kids no all the time. Uh, there's got to be boundaries. When you create a boundary, and this is really the key, on the first day, I'm setting up boundaries and I'm in charge of those boundaries. And when the puppy says, well, I want to do something else, I say, well, I love you, but no, this is our boundary. This is our rule as a family. And when you make the rules, when you set the boundaries, you are in charge. So many issues with dogs come because we love them so much. We feel like we shouldn't give them boundaries. And I've talked about it before, but if I love my children so much that I'm like, you know what? I just want them to be able to do whatever they want. You know, eat ice cream for dinner every night because that's what they want. I'm not doing them any services. Same with a dog or with a puppy. I'm not doing, I'm not helping them. I'm harming them. If I, and I'm doing it in the false guise of love saying, I love them so much. I just want them to have everything right now. I want them to be able to do whatever they want. They're not ready for the world like that. They're not ready for that. My responsibility is to help them be ready. Of course, I want uh, my kids to be able to drive. And I want my puppy to be able to be out of a kennel and doing, uh, just being good all over the house and, and doing what they want. And yet, it's just not time yet. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna leave my three month old baby um, out because oh I love him I want him to have freedom I'm not gonna keep him in the bassinet right <laughs> or my two year old I'm not just gonna say you know what you like to go on walks all by yourself so good luck no if I find him on the other side of the you know <laughs> the street or over at the park without asking that's a problem because he did not follow boundaries and uh i of course again i want them to have that but we've got to have some rules and some boundaries set up so that's the key we're setting up boundaries we're becoming a leader in our puppy's eyes and helping them be ready to go so that that's huge and i think most people are down with that they understand it and i hope you do too if you have any questions feel free to to comment and ask us we'd love to be able to help out with anything um it's there's a little bit of an art here but really mostly kennel training is just a monotony it's just let's work through this and it's not usually going to happen in one time um the first day i'm going to try and check as many boxes as possible and then we'll get there we'll get there i've never had a dog that wouldn't be kennel trained some were definitely more difficult than others but i never had a dog that wouldn't become kennel trained um especially when it comes to sound in the kennel potty in the kennel that one can be a little tougher, but we'll work through that another time. Thanks, guys.